0: You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From June the 14th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 through 22. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark, and finish it to a cubit above, and put the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For my part, I'm going to bring a flood of waters on the earth. To destroy from under heaven all flesh, which is in the breath of life, everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons, your wife and your sons' wives, with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark, to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every kind shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and store it up, and it shall serve as food for you and for them. And Noah did this. He did all that God commanded Now, see if you know this little song. The Lord told Noah to build him an arky, arky. Lord told Noah to build him an arky, arky. Make it out of go for barky, barky children of the Lord. Do you know that song, that little children's song? We love to tell children this story of Noah. We paint our nurseries with a big boat and, and all kinds of colorful animals, elephants and giraffes and lions, and, and we tell our children this story. Of, uh, and I could sing the rest of the song. You want me to sing? Okay, you don't want me to sing the rest of the song. But, but the animals, they come in by twosies, twosies. The sun came out, and it dried up the landy-landy. Um, And then I will sing the end for you. It goes like this. Well, this is the end of the end of my songy songy. This my story story. This is the end of the end of my story story. Everything is hunky dory dory, children of the Lord. But I have a question for you. Is everything hunky dory dory? See, I don't, I don't think so. Even in this story itself, there are lots of problems. This week, I kind of wrestled with, of the many problems with and in this story, which one am I going to focus on? So, I'm going to name at least three for you. I'm going to start with the problem with this story. You see, this story depicts a God that, let's just name it for what it is. The story, as God, is, depicts God in this story as kind of a a genocidal God. And this is kind of a primitive way to think about God. And, and I want you to know this about the Bible. The Bible has many authors and an evolving view of the nature of God. The author of this story Imagine God as a genocidal God. And, and if you go through the Bible, you find Jesus later on kind of correcting that kind of toxic theology. So I've got a real problem with this story and the nature of God depicted in it. So that's the first problem. Then the second problem is in the story itself, and it's named in the first verse that I read to you. The world was filled with corruption and with violence, and that's a real problem. I'm glad we don't have corruption and violence anymore. Okay, maybe we have corruption and violence. So that's the second problem. I could have gone into a whole sermon about corruption and violence. I'm not going to do that. There's a third problem in this story, and the problem is the flood. And admittedly, this is the fun part of the story. This is the stuff that children's songs and, 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 and movies can be made of. You, you can almost hear the movie trailer now. The earth is about to die at the hand of an angry God, and one man steps in to rescue it. Enter Noah with his staff. You can kind of see his long, flowing beard and a monkey on his shoulder, and there's a, a subdued lion sitting by him. He's scratching the lion by behind the ear. Stuff movies are made of this flood, and we know this story. This is you learned this from the time you were just a wee child about Noah and the ark. But the power in this story, in my estimation, is not that it happened, but that it happens. You see, the earth is still filled with corruption and with violence, right? And people today are drowning. If not literally, then certainly figuratively. And have you ever felt like you were going to drown? Several years ago, many years ago, I, I was rafting with some friends on the New River in West Virginia. Now this New River, it's a gorgeous river. I bet Ron Neal knows this river. The New River it's a beautiful, majestic river in the middle of the West Virginia mountains. It's flowing rapidly in places and it's, cold, it's the coldest water on the planet, I've got to tell you. This is some cold water, but my friends and I were rafting. We had a guide on this big raft, and, and, and we're exhilarated with the cold water splashing up on us and, and going through the rapids. You know, it's a bit of a thrill, this white water rafting, but eventually we come to a place in the river that's deep and slow. And the guide tells us, hey, this is a great time. You can get out of the raft, you can float along with it, and it's, it's really fun. And so I thought that sounded like, like great fun. So I got out of the raft, and I was in the water, and I was floating alongside the raft. And I'm not sure exactly what happened, but for some reason, I don't know why, I can't remember, for some reason I didn't get back into the raft before the next set of rapids came. And so I found myself, the raft actually was kind of, uh, the water was pushing it up, kind of lodged into this big rock in the middle of the river. And guess where I was? I was underneath the raft. And I don't know how long it took, probably a couple of seconds. It felt like eternity. But I remember so vividly being underneath the raft, the water pushing me up against this rock in the same way it was pushing the raft up against this rock. And I could look up through the rushing water and all I could see was the bottom of the bright yellow boat preventing me from drawing breath. I couldn't breathe. It was terrifying. Now spoiler alert i didn 't drown. You maybe figured that out already, but I know the fear of thinking you 're about to drown, and people today are are drowning, if not literally then figuratively but this this isn 't anything new. every generation finds itself drowning in some form or fashion. In fact, I think back through my own family history. My great-grandparents suffered through World War I as well as through the Spanish flu in 1918. My grandparents made their way through the Depression and through World War II. My parents, maybe maybe some of you could tell me all about the Vietnam era, about the assassination of JFK and MLK, and the, the riots that followed after that. In my generation, Gen X, we're we're the people who fought in Afghanistan and Iraq, and we remember so vividly exactly where we are, where we were when the towers fell on 9/11. Now, millennials remember that too, but probably more than any other generation, the millennials have been affected by the housing crash in 2008 and the Great Recession that followed that and and how that's followed them, and they're having such a hard time economically kind of recovering from that. And now we've got Generation Z coming on the scene. Many of them are out in the streets. They're saying black lives matter. They're experiencing a pandemic. Every generation in some form or fashion finds itself drowning. And when the world is drowning, God calls up the righteous to build a lifeboat, an ark. And we know the story of Noah. It was an ark, right? The animals came in by twosies, twosies. They were 40 days and 40 nights with the rains pouring down. And then like I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we think of it lasting only 40 days, but, but Noah and his family and all the animals, they were on that ark, the Bible tells us, for a year. It was a year before the waters receded enough for Noah and his family to step out onto dry land. A whole year. That's a long time to be in liminal space. And that liminal space, well, it was kind of stinky, wasn't it? think about all those animals there on the boat together liminal space can be kind of stinky and this liminal space we find ourselves in in this year of our lord 2020 between what was and what is yet to come this liminal space if you're like me it, it's a little bit it's a little bit stinky isn't it we we wouldn't prefer life to be this Disruptive. We wouldn't prefer the upheaval. We wouldn't prefer a pandemic or, or for people to be uh, rioting. We, we wouldn't prefer to have people on the streets having to protest for their rights. We wouldn't prefer that at all. It's a little bit stinky. We find ourselves between the end of what was and the beginning of whatever next. The world is drowning and God is calling people of faith to rise up and build a lifeboat, but we have an advantage over Noah. See, it's not a technological advantage. It's not a skill and architecture or nautical or, or 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 you know a technological advantage that we have over Noah. Our advantage over Noah is that we we have each other. Noah was all alone. People thought him a lunatic as he was building this massive boat, this ark. But we, we know, we're aware that the world is drowning. We have each other to build a lifeboat for humanity. But the only way that this is going to work, the only way, is to make sure we bring into the boat our brothers and sisters to by two, And it's going to look a little different. We're not bringing in all the species of the world. We're just, we're just bringing in each other, our, our human family, our brothers and our sisters, two by two, male and female, yes, but also gay and straight, Christian and Muslim, citizen and immigrant, Republican and Democrat. And especially right now, white and black, two by two into this life bolt that we are being called to build together. See, the people on the streets, they're protesting the past 400 years of racial injustice in our nation. 400 years of it. 400 years of drowning in racial inequality. And we want to think, well, if you're maybe white like me, we want to think it was over with the maybe civil rights or maybe when slavery ended. It It's never quite been over. The racial inequities continue. It was slavery at one time, then, then Jim Crow, and then redlining, and now it's police brutality and mass incarceration. It, we need to build a boat so that people aren't drowning in injustice and inequity. This past week, I think it was Thursday, I believe. looked out of my window, and there was this huge rainbow. Beautiful, big rainbow. I could, I could see, when we stepped out into the driveway, I could see the beginning and the end of the rainbow. This beautiful rainbow. The sign that God gave to Noah, that God would never send a flood to destroy the earth again. And there it was. As I'm preparing this message for this week, there's this beautiful rainbow. And I looked a little closer, and... What do you know? It was a double rainbow. Haven't seen one of those in a long, long time. One of the rainbows was bright and vivid, but the other, the other rainbow was, was just there. You kind of had to look kind of hard to see the, the second rainbow, but there it was with all the same colors of the big rainbow, the, the red and orange and yellow and green and blue and indigo and violet. There was that second rainbow just as if it was kind of trying to say, I just, I just want a place in the sky. I just, I just want to shine too. Let me shine. And isn't that what we all want? A place to shine, a little corner of a boat to keep from drowning in all of the things that life can throw at us, just a a little place on, on the boat, just a little place. It's what we all want. God is calling the righteous to build a lifeboat that all may come in. And when we find that dry land, we can come out hand in hand, two by two, male and female, gay and straight, Christian and Muslim, citizen and immigrant, Republican and Democrat, white and black, two by two. That's the boat we are to build, friends. I know we can do it. I know we can build a boat that works for all people. I know we can create a system where all people can have just a little place to shine in a little corner of the boat. I hope you'll join me in trying to do our part in building that boat for humanity. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.